Welcome back to the Weighing In Podcast presented by Track Wrestling. This is episode number 102. I'm your host, Alex Steen. On the phone, as always, David Mirakitani. David, how you doing? Good, brother. How are you? I'm pretty good. Getting excited about World Championships coming up this weekend. Live on Track Wrestling, baby. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and for international wrestling, the, the hours are almost reasonable. I mean, starts at 4 a.m. Eastern and the the uh, metal rounds are in the middle of the day. So it doesn't even look like we're going to have to get up and stay up all night. That's, that's always a plus. It is a plus. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just play a little hooky during the day and you'll be fine. Right. And, you know, it starts on Saturday and men's freestyle is up first. So uh, you'll be able to want to check, check that out and get right into it. And it'll run all of next week as well uh, with the new two day format. It's, it's a long one, but it, it'll get there. Um, That'll be good wrestling. We had some, we'll get right to it this week. Um, we're going to go through the last three division one weights, make our picks. Obviously next week we'll have a lot of world championship action to break down and then we'll be right into uh, the college season getting started. So we'll do that. Um, first wanted to send congratulations out to Emily Shilson and Robert Howard for winning youth Olympic gold medals over the weekend. Shilson will go down as the trivia question winner, first American to ever win a wrestling gold medal at the Youth Olympic Games, and Robert Howard followed that up a couple days later with an outstanding performance. Uh, that was a really good tournament. A lot of cadet medalists, world medalists um, were out there. Robert Howard avenged a loss from his 2017 Cadet World Championship run, uh, and Shilson actually wrestled the same opponent again that she beat in the world finals this year. So a lot of good quality wrestling and uh, both of them picked up gold medals. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's, it's, you know, the youth movement, all the stuff we've talked about for weeks, months, it just continues to show. Um, uh, you know, I'm actually friends with Dave Bell, you know, and, and obviously Robert Russell's for him. So you know, real happy for those guys. And, um, and it's cool, like, you know, for Emily to be, like you said, the answer to that trivia question, that's pretty awesome, honestly. Yeah, and I really liked her quote afterwards, and it just kind of speaks to why she is as good as she is and why she keeps getting better. And she talked about she started off the day, she was really happy, and then she didn't wrestle well in the finals. Well, she won easily in the finals. So, you know, that's kind of – I used to hear that story about Cale Sanderson a lot, that he would go out and text some guy, come off the mat frustrated because his hands are out of position. So there's that level of – um, a perfectionism almost that you want to see, especially if you keep it in proper perspective. And she's obviously got that to always keep getting better. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think uh, when you like, as a coach, if you could tell a lot by how good, and you know, when I was coaching with just guys, like how good a guy was going to be by how they reacted to winning and losing, you know, like if they won, like, you know, you know, how that goes like, you're beating me by 13 points and I reach back and headlock you. Like I should be pretty disappointed. I shouldn't be happy about that. Right. Yeah, for sure. One more note item to talk about before we get into the rankings. Um, Oklahoma state, you know, we talked last week about them picking up Brevin Ball and and they just built on that momentum, uh, getting commitments from Connor Doucette who projects as a heavyweight. That's a need weight. And then following that up with commitments from Trevor master, Joe, Mastro Giovanni and Dustin Plot, both high-level prospects. Uh, the Mastro Giovanni commitment was a surprise to a lot of people, and Plot's an in-state guy that they really needed to keep in-state because he's got a lot of potential as well. Um, David, what do you make of the Cowboys continuing to recruit well? Well, you said it kind of off-air that they're meeting the challenge of the Penn States and the uh, Ohio States, and I think we all knew that when Kirk Fleet decommitted that obviously they had committed significant money to him and so you know they were they had money to spend you know I don't know if they got all three of those guys for his price but you know probably two of them and you know plot he's he's a kid that's trained there a lot he's trained there a lot and then at the OK uh Oklahoma RTC as well and it was interesting you know I think they were on Cartsla pretty hard too so, you know, it might have just been a question a lot of times in coaching. If you think guys are pretty even, you just take the first guy that says yes and you coach him up. And then the other thing that we obviously need to make a point of is that all these guys are, are juniors, and so they can't sign actually till 13 months from now. And, you know, there's no reason to say that they won't, 
but we just have seen that in general where, you know, kids decommit and, you know, I'm kind of, a, I mean, I coach, but I still, um, you know, I'm of, of the opinion that, you know, that does change it. So, and, and also with now the ability for college kids to transfer, like, you know, it may be possible that, you know, the, the landscape changes in 12 months. It certainly will change just whether or not it'll change in such a way that it'll affect these guys. Absolutely. You know, I, we've seen that, um, you know, I think the coverage of recruiting and wrestling has made it seem like we're seeing more, you know, changes in commitments. I think you just, in the past, you ne didn't necessarily hear about them, but you're right. The transfer rule will have a big impact on that because maybe your first choice had three guys at that weight that were already going to be, you know, on scholarship and they didn't have any place for you. So you decided to go somewhere else and commit somewhere else. But then before, you know, before you get there, all of a sudden a spot opens up, somebody transfers, somebody gets hurt, somebody moves up a weight and suddenly they have a spot for you, you know, until you've signed that NLI, you can go back anytime you want and decide to change your mind. So that's going to, that's going to be something to watch. Um, you know, that's, all these recruiting wars, you have to take that with a grain of salt until they're signed on the dotted line. And even then, with the transfer rule, you're only really committed for a year. So it's it's never done. Uh, coach's work is never done. you got to keep recruiting. But, you know, you mentioned it at the start you know, that we were talking off air. And I really like how this is going. I mean, it's wrestling, so you knew guys weren't going to shrink from the challenge. You know, Tom Brand isn't going to shrink from the challenge. Tom Ryan, John Smith, these guys aren't going to shrink from the challenge. And you know, Penn State's laid it down. Obviously, they're dominating the sport. They've done impressive things in recruiting. They keep doing well. They keep building on success. But all those programs that have been up there continue to sign better recruits and continue to build, continue to try to find a way to knock them off. So I really like that to see that. You know, I mean, Ohio State keeps chugging along. Iowa was on fire with transfers and other things earlier in the year great recruiting for them and then now Oklahoma State's picking it up too so it's good to see everybody trying to go to that level trying to stay with Penn State and obviously trying to knock them off the top it's good for wrestling and it's good for guys like us to like to talk about wrestling <laughs> yeah for sure but you know anytime kids that good commit it's going to be a story but especially when they multiples commit in the same week to the same school that is really a story obviously Absolutely. You know, and I, Coach Smith is as good as it gets. I'm sure he'll get all those guys to the finish line. Um, but this is sort of the domino effect of what happened with Kirk Fleet. I was talking to somebody the other day that was kind of critical of him decommitting a couple times. And honestly, like, I don't blame him. Like, it's, I, it would drive me nuts if I was a coach. But, I mean, first of all, he committed to Minnesota, and then they signed Gable, which was the right thing for them to do. And then he got big, so, you know, he needed to change. And I think he kind of got rushed into the second one a little bit. But I don't question whether or not once he's at a spot that he's going to be able to commit. I think that's probably a little bit of a rush to judgment on some of those things. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's part of getting used to the new normal in wrestling. I mean, you know, we used to wait until a magazine came out to find out results of dual meets, and now we've – you know, we're hearing about these commitments as soon as a kid decides to put it on Twitter. So it's a, it's a different mindset. It's a, it's an adjustment and I don't blame kids for, you know, making decisions that are going to, you know, it's going to be a big deal. So if they decide they want to change it, that's on them. And it's not a, not a big deal in my opinion. Um, I understand people are going to read into it, but unless you really know the kid, I don't know that you can make much of a judgment off of, off of it. And I certainly won't. So. Agreed for sure. Moving into the 184-pound weight class, um, which Kirk Fleet has long outgrown. Let's just link that in. Um, <laughs> You're reaching, but that's well done. I mean, <laughs> I kind of felt like it was abrupt, but, you know, anyway. So 184 is losing its defending national champion as Bo Nickel moves up to 197. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, so that leaves Miles Martin on top of the preseason rankings at 184 pounds, followed by Emery Parker, Taylor Venz from Nebraska, Zach Zavatsky from Virginia Tech, Shakur Rashid from Penn State, who is moving down to take Nichols' place, Chip Ness from North Carolina, Max Dean from Cornell. We have Jacoby Smith of Oklahoma State moving up. Ryan Price from Lehigh is ninth, and Cash Wilkie from Iowa is tenth. David, what jumps out at you? Well, a couple things, and you, you kind of 
you know, alluded to it. We moved Jacoby Smith up simply like we said to, and it's not an Oklahoma state bias. It's any team to help them get as many as our all Americans in the lineup uh, in terms of ranking purposes. Price was a kid that had a really good year that starts outside the top eight. And I think Shakur Rashid's an interesting guy. You know, he came down. He kind of fell in. The, the two, three, four, six, seven, eight are back. And then he was seventh at the weight up, and Jacoby Smith was eighth at the weight down. So we put him above Ness and Smith below Dean. And certainly those are sort of, you know, I think if you looked at other people's rankings, they might have them a slot or two different. And I think Northern Iowa's got an interesting situation, too, where they've got Drew Foster and Keegan Moore. And then I think it's gets I think Louis Dupre and uh, Nick Renan are two guys that are you know off the board that I guess when we're doing our picks I've already written mine for 84 but I'm guessing uh, those guys are going to probably pop up some. Yeah, this is an interesting weight. Um, there's a lot of talent around. I mean, you mentioned Price and, Wil- and Wilkie nine and ten. You know, those guys have both been in the round of 12 multiple times, so that's a big deal. Nick Renan coming off a red shirt. You mentioned Dupre. There's a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, we, we didn't even mention Dakota Gear, who will f- battle for that Oklahoma State lineup spot at 184 after transferring in. There's just a lot of guys around that could be really intriguing, especially if they take a step forward. I mean, we haven't even talked about Cordell Norfleet at Arizona State, who really showed some flashes at times, but had trouble putting full matches together like that. And there's just a lot of guys that could be interesting, just kind of depends on how they do. But that top eight, nine, ten is stacked, so it's going to be hard to break in there. Um, you know, the only one up there that I would really look look at and say he's going to have to prove he belongs is Chip Ness, who had kind of a so-so regular season and then really turned it up at NCAA's. Everybody else did what they did all year um, in Cleveland, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. For sure, I agree. And Miles Martin is a guy that's, you know, knocked on the door as a former national champion. So, you know, he's a guy that could end up being a two-time champ and and also a finalist. I mean, kind of in, you know, he's he's the only guy that's kind of given Nickel much trouble. Nickel's seems to have had his number in the, in the matches that really counted, like, you know, obviously nationals are to win dual meets. But he's a super dangerous guy. It'll be interesting to see uh, – how he does as, you know, the pretty clear-cut number one guy here, at least coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, last year, outside of his losses to Nickel, obviously, he was one of the most dominant forces in the country. I mean, he scored a ton of bonus points, scored, you know, scored on everybody. So, without Nickel, uh, I assume that's going to extrapolate to a, a absolutely dominant year for him in a title. But, you know, sometimes that being the lead dog, does weird things to your head. And we had, we saw him struggle a little bit with injuries his sophomore year. So we'll see how it goes, but at least on paper, he's probably one of the heavier favorites with nickel gone. Yeah. It's a, it is interesting. Like if we did confidence picks and talked about who's the biggest favorites, how that would go. I mean, I, you know, I think Nolf would probably be, I think Nolf and Nickel would be my two most confident, but it'd be it'd be interesting to see if we did that. Maybe we'll do that next week or two before we get into it. So we we might have to decide who's actually wrestling at 125 because that that plays into it too. I think you just got to guess, man. That's the I point guess. of that. So <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. It's always interesting to go through those early in the year and then see how much they've changed by the end of the year, but. Uh, It'll be interesting, and we'll see uh, Taylor Venz and Max Dean clash the All-Star Classic right off the bat, so that'll be a good one. Um, I, I have a lot of expectations around Venz. He had a good year last year, and he, his pinning capability, it was weird. He pinned a ton of guys early in the year and kind of lost it in the middle, but then he had a great national tournament, so it'll be interesting to see if that pops up. I think as he progresses into being an upperclassman, he could become a bonus point machine too for Nebraska. Absolutely. All right. So I go first at 84, right? Yes. You were first at 184. Okay. I've got Miles winning, Parker second, then third, Dean fourth. And I want to express this the right way. I'm not picking three guys, hoping two of them are going to get in. 
I think all three of these guys outside of the top eight are going to get in, and that's Price, Raymond, and Dupre. Okay. So we can figure out how that counts later. Maybe I'll just take my two best or something, but I just wanted to put that out there. So who do you got, boss? I also have Martin winning it. I uh, I have Taylor Benz jumping into the finals and getting second. I, I like his upside a lot, and I think he's going to – I mean, he was good last year. I think he's going to be great this year. I uh, have Shakur Rashid third coming down. Be very interesting to see how he handles cutting weight again, but I, I think he's definitely got the talent. And then Emory Parker fourth. I don't even see it, it's hard for me to put him fourth because that, that looks like a demotion after he got third last year and his second in the preseason rankings. I don't think he's going to be bad. He could easily be second. He could easily be right there with Miles Martin, but all four of those guys are going to be really good. So that'll be interesting. And of course, you know, Zach Zavatsky could easily get in that mix too. So a lot of talent at this weight. Um, wild cards, I hate to pick nine and 10, but they're both really good and they've both been in the round of 10, round of 12 plenty of times. So Ryan Price of Lehigh, I think is finally going to get it done. Um, he's got a great attitude about it. Very self-deprecating kid on social media. He's fun to follow. Um, so he's easy to root for in that regard. And of course he's a heck of a wrestler, so that doesn't hurt. And, you know, Cash Wilkie, needed a wild card to get into the NCAA tournament at one point and made it all the way to the round of 12. He's a gamer, he wrestles hard, and now he's finally going to get to wrestle 184 instead of wrestling up at 197. So I, I see a lot of upside for him as well. Um, you know, it's it's boring to pick nine and 10, but those are the guys that I think can crash the top eight. So just worked out that way this time. Well, Wilkie's a great kid. He actually wrestled in border brawl and he was super easy kid to work with. His family's awesome. So um, I'm not sure I didn't pick him just to not look like a homer, but I, you know, selfishly, I kind of hope he does that. The more kids that do well out of our events, it's, it's awesome to see that. So and certainly he's in a great room and he's got good guys surrounding him. So it's, he's got a really good chance for sure. Absolutely. We'll move up to 197. Uh, as previously mentioned, Bo Nickel moves up and will be number one to start the season, followed by Kyle Connell after his amazing tournament in Cleveland. He'll start the year number two, followed by Colin Moore, Jacob Holschlag, Willie Miklas, who transfers to Iowa State, Preston Weigel, Chris Weiler at Lehigh, Jacob Warner of Iowa, and Nathan Traxler of Stanford with Eric Schultz of Nebraska rounding out the top 10. David, tell us about 197. Okay, so probably the two most difficult guys to rank were Weigel and Jacob Warner. Okay, because when you're ranking freshmen, like when we get to heavyweight, Jacob Warner is ranked higher than Gable Stevenson. And somebody said, what do you do? And I think that's a fair question. So I kind of want to address that. I ranked Weigel, or I ranked, excuse me, um, Jacob Warner, where Cash Wilkie would have been. And just saying he beat him out for the spot. And so he goes where, where that guy was. And then Weigel, I ranked him based on being a returning All-American from 2017 and clearly was just a shell of himself physically at the Nationals last year. So there's other arguments, but, you know, there's one, three, four, five, and eight placers are back. You know, I had to make a decision, like, do I put Weigel on that tier of the round of 12 guys or the round of 16 guys? Or, I mean, he was round of 32 because he got hurt. <laughs> but he clearly wasn't himself. So I gave him the bump to round of 12 based on him being an all American when he wasn't injured and having some really good wins along the way. And he'd also lost to Nicholas. So kind of he fit in pretty good there. And then the Warner explanation is what it is. He, I gave him the second round of 12 spot behind Chris Weiler. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always hard when guys have gotten hurt when we have limited data on guys like Warner I mean, yeah, he wrestled a lot last year as a red shirt, but he didn't wrestle after Midlands, so you only have half a year's worth of data on him. Uh, it, it's tough. I mean, Weigel, if he had not, if he'd gotten hurt in practice and he had not wrestled at the national tournament, you could have made a case for him being number two, um, considering he beat Kyle Connell last year. Yeah, right. who knows? Uh, but you know, six is fair, and I think this is an interesting weight because of Kyle Connell. You know, when it, we talked about it when we talked about Tariq Wilson at 133, because guys that vastly overperform their regular season at the national tournament really make it hard 
to start the year the next year for the rankings. I mean, you have to put yeah. him number two, but is he that guy? You know, he was not that guy for most of the year. Now there's reasons for that. You know, if you know the Kyle Connell story a little bit, he was basically ready to quit wrestling and decided to give it another shot, came back to the Kent state team and it, it all worked out. So how much of that was him just finally being the Kyle Connell that he knew he could be and how much of it was getting hot one weekend. We don't know yet, but he had a great tournament and now he'll get a chance to back it up. So that'll be one of the big storylines to watch. I don't think anyone's beaten Bo Nickel, but after that, who knows? I mean, Colin Moore was the guy that I think all of us expected to win this weight last year. And he had some struggles during the year, looked vulnerable, uh, finally took some losses towards the end of the year and still finished fourth. Very good. But I think a healthy Colin Moore that has his weight right. I'm not, you know, I don't want to speculate as to exactly what was the problem. I know we talked to him in Vegas and he said he was banged up a little bit at that point in the year and that's in December. So if he's right, he wrestled, he wrestled under 23's world last year too. Right. I mean, he had some things, you know, that he had to figure out. I don't know how much of it was weight, how much of it was, you know, whatever. There's a million things it could have been. I just think there's a, another gear from Colin Moore that we've seen in the past. And if he's back to that, I think he's probably the second best guy, but obviously Connell beat him twice in Cleveland. So what are you going to do with that information? <laughs> well, you're going to tell me in a minute, cause you're going to make your picks boss. Indeed. I will tell you that it, there's some interesting guys down here at the bottom, like Tom Slay, who transferred to Virginia tech, Jackson Strigow, who was a backup last year um, to Kevin Beasley. And then Jake Woodley, who actually, you know, has a win over Jacob Warner. Those guys are all 22, 23, and 25. And, I mean, if you were picking a deep sleeper, one of those guys would be an interesting guy to pick for sure. Yeah, I got to tell you, 21 through 25 with, you know, adding Grigo and Ben Honus, like all those guys are, you know, have upside potential because they've all had big wins in their career or are young talents like Woodley. I mean, Woodley had to battle – Warner, he they wrestled in the Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic as seniors, and kept battling, kept battling, finally beat him once. But you know, it's we'll see what he does in in Norman. But all those guys have value, so that's really interesting. Um, it's this is one of those weights that the top few are really interesting, and then the middle, I have a hard time seeing a lot of those guys getting too high. But then, like I said, when you get outside the top twenty all of a sudden there's value again. So those are the long shot picks, but I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of those guys end up in the top 10 at some point during the year. So it'll be. And it's always weird though, you know, like right now, like there's probably 20 teams that all think they have an all American at a weight, you know, so it's like 12 of those guys are wrong at each weight. And that's the funny thing. Like, okay, well, if we move one of these guys up, who moves out, you know, and that's the interesting part of that, obviously. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't know how many people that listen play fantasy football, probably a fair amount, but every year at the start of the draft, you draft, you know, a round or two of good guys and then everybody looks terrible. And then by the end of the draft, you want to draft all these guys again. And it's, it's that middle ground, that average type, you know, good guy that it doesn't look that exciting, but those guys are solid and they're going to, you know, they're going to win a lot of matches for you. So um, that's probably what's happening here, you know, overlooking some of those guys in the middle section, but the lower end has a lot of value, I think. I mean, you know, you, but yeah, you know, there's some, definitely some interesting picks there. And I mean, it's interesting you bring up fantasy football last. Like somebody may have had Devontae Adams and, and Marquise Goodwin on their team last night to come back from 40 points to win. Just to uh, yeah, you know, so. I'm a Packers fan, so I was very happy with that comeback. But Devontae Adams did cost me the win. So it was it was a bittersweet victory for me, unfortunately. But <laughs> I got you, man. I feel you. <laughs> I'm glad somebody benefited from it. There you go. Well, who do you got here? You got to go first at 97. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that you got nickel winning it. I do. Uh, you know, I'm not even, I'm not worried at all about him moving up a weight. You know, he's proven over and over again that it, it doesn't really matter. He can go up and still dominate just like he always has. I'm not concerned about the bigger guys at all. Um, I think he's in a class by himself. I, I like Colin Moore to be second, and I think if anybody's going to give Nickel 
a real challenge this year on their feet, especially go to toe to toe with them. I think it'd be Colin Moore. Um, I really, I'm hopeful with this pick, especially that his gas tank will be back to what we saw two years ago. Um, and he can really run at it. I could see him and nickel having just an epic match where they both score in the double digits, if that's the case, because neither one knows how to back off. So that could be a lot of fun. Um, I have Preston Weigel third, which really hinges on him staying healthy, which he hasn't been able to do. Uh, but, you know, he beat the national champion last year. He, he's beaten Kyle Connell before. He, he actually teched him in Stillwater last year. He's really, really good on top, obviously, as we know. And before he got hurt last year, it looked like his neutral game had finally caught up to his mat wrestling. Um, if he's healthy, I think he's going to do well. And I've got him third. And Kyle Connell, I've got fourth. I believe a little bit that what we saw in Cleveland was closer to what he is as a wrestler. I think it was kind of him coming into his own, but I'm not sure he's second. I think it was a little bit of a hot weekend, but I don't think he's going to regress that much to the meet. So he's fourth. Uh, the wild cards, you mentioned Tom Slay, really good wrestler at Bucknell, probably was going to be right there in the All-America conversation last year, got hurt early. Uh, gets an extra year at Virginia Tech. I think he's going to do well. Could easily see him getting into that top, you know, five or six conversation. And then Ben Honus at Cornell, you know, he moved up to heavyweight last year after Darmstadt took his spot at 197. Now with the Darmstadt injury, he's got another chance to go at the weight that he prefers. Uh, I think he could do a lot of good there. So he's my second wild card pick. Well, we finally have some some dispersion. Um, I've got Nickel and Moore one and two for the same reasons um, that you've described. I have Willie Nicholas third, chance to be a four-time All-American, closer to home. Um, I have Weigel fourth. I think he's really good. Nicholas just seems to give him trouble the way he wrestles. That you know, you he rolls around and generally tends to catch him at least one time for either a takedown and back points or a reversal and back points, and that's hard to come back from. And I've got Christian Brucky and Eric Schultz as my wild card, so that's very different than yours. I also want to point out that Nickel and Connell are supposed to hit at the beginning of the season, and no one's going to like me saying this, but if I was Kent State, I would not wrestle him. I don't think he can beat him twice. I think he might be able to beat him once. I think he could just—he might just be that strong that he just shocks you, and we saw it happen in Cleveland. But if they wrestle, it's going to be really interesting. And I think, you know, if you look at the two coaching staffs and you give them both five months to break down film, I think that favors Nickel as well. Yeah, and I, I, you're right that that's not going to make a lot of people happy if it happens. But it's it's one of those things where you have to put on your different hats, right? I mean, from a fan's perspective, we want those guys wrestling every single time out. Um, but from a coaching perspective, they got to do what's right for their for their guys. Um, and you're probably, even from a seeding perspective, Connell's probably not going to get ahead of Nickel unless he beats him. But if he takes too many losses, and he probably won't take that many losses otherwise. Uh, well, he could get ahead of him. He could get ahead of him if, like, Nickel and Moore split in the duel in the Big Tens or something, and he's undefeated. Right. That could happen, too. Um, I would hate to see that. But, yeah. I think everything points towards sitting him being the right thing in that. But, of course, there's the other side of the coin. Maybe you want to see Bo Nickel. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure Nickel changes up his approach to match as much. Uh, he never seemed to change what he did against Miles Martin, even after he lost to him a couple of times. He just kept going after him. He's one of those guys that just wants to go out and put on a show, which is great for us as fans. Um, so I don't know. But, yeah, I can see your point about Connell. Um, hopefully Kent State coaches aren't listening to this and they never they never get that theory so we can actually see it. But <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> it does happen. I'll be the one who gets yelled at on social media. So. Yeah, that's right. It, <laughs> it's, um, it's, he, he's the one that put the idea in their heads. I'm sure that's true. Yeah, at the American County. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I kind of like your Eric Schultz pick. It's really interesting. Uh, he wrestled a lot of really close matches last year and, you know, could do – he's one of those guys that could upset 
anybody at any given time because he's so hard to score on. And then Brucky from Princeton, I'd, you know, always root for the Princeton guys. They've got a good program going, so he's got a lot of talent. Those are solid picks. Uh, 10 and 11, almost as boring as mine on, at 184, but, you know. Well, Brucky and Holschlag were both in my event, too, so I'm biased there as well. There you go. So, I mean, there you go. One of these years, you're going to have so many events on that where you, everybody up and down the lineup is going to be a David Mercatani alum. So uh, that was well, not a Mercatani alum. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not put that that voodoo on him. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean that's the goal is to just put as many great kids in awesome events and raise money for for great causes. So yeah, I mean that, that if that happens without my name being on it, I, I like that. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's no there's there's no downside there. I like it. Good wrestling, good yeah. cause. That's a good thing. Okay. Absolutely. Let's move up to two eighty five. Um, this we'll we'll talk about the Stevenson ranking in a minute, but starting the year with Sam Stoll no, ranked number one as the highest returning All American. Um, obviously, he'll sit out the first meet as he is suspended, but it looks like he's going to be healthy and good to go. Second, Nick Neville's. Well, you have him slashed with Anthony Kassar, but it's Neville's that earned the ranking. Um, third, Yusef Hamida, followed by Derek White, Jordan Wood, Jarrah Hino. Tanner Hall, Billy Miller, who's at Virginia Tech now, Thomas Haynes at Lock Haven, and Sean Streck of Purdue rounding out the top 10. Uh, for those looking, Stevenson will be 19th. I'm sure you'll get into that, David, but what, what jumps out to you at the at the high end of heavyweight? Well, I think, first of all, there's only three returning All-Americans, and we kind of wondered all summer whether Amar Desi was going to come back, and He's not on their roster, so we didn't rank him. I mean, I don't know that that means he's not wrestling, but you kind of have to go by the roster. Um, but only, I think this is the lightest weight in, in terms of returning All-Americans. Lightest is the wrong word for 285. This is the shallowest in terms of returning All-Americans. I didn't mean to make a horrible pun, but um, only three returning All-Americans and no top fours. So it feels like, you know, there if somebody came out of, you know, out of you know nowhere, so to speak, and made the finals at this weight, it wouldn't shock you. And then, you know, there's four round of 12 guys back and four round of 16 guys back. So that it's it's kind of interesting. Those guys all fell off there. So they're all getting ranked. Sorry, three round of 12 guys, but they're all getting ranked up there. That's where you have to make some judgment. Like we ranked the three round of 12 guys, Derek White, Jordan Wood, Yari Hino. And then the 16 guys, Billy Miller, Haynes, Streck, Boss, or, or Haynes, Streck, and then Boss was 24. But those guys can go a couple different ways, and, and you wouldn't necessarily argue with it. I worked up based up where I had them ranked at the end of the year and where the, the NCA seeded them. Yeah, I mean, great pun aside, it is a shallow weight, and it's, you know, it's, I had a hard time making my predictions largely because of that, because all of these guys have flaws in their resume. You know, we've seen them all get beat. We know what they can do and what they can't do. Uh, that can be really interesting when you have a weight with no, you know, odds on favorites. You know, you don't, you're not looking at a weight like 157 where we know who's going to be on top, or at least we think we do. And I don't know that any of these guys comes into the year and you could bet on them to win without getting some pretty good odds. So it'll be interesting to see. And then, you know, you go down through here, there's some depth again. You know, I've got a couple of wild cards that are well outside the top 10, and there's a few more down here that could be really interesting. So heavyweight, especially outside, I mean, you you expect the three All-Americans to do well again. You know, the round 12 guys all have reason to be there, but you could really make a case for a lot of guys to creep up and get in that four, five, six range without really doing too much better than they've done during their careers. Right. I agree. And you said you made a good point. None of these guys, when you look at them in all three positions, you go, they can all get out. They can all ride and turn and they all have a go-to takedown. Like there's nobody here. You can really say that about any of them. And so that means there's a there's a chance, there's a flaw, you know, that that they can be beat. I think if you took almost any other weight class and took the top two guys out of it, you know, just said these two guys graduated or they hit the lottery or whatever you want to say and they're not wrestling, 
I think in almost all the cases, the number three guy in any of those other nine weights would be a bigger favorite, like if you put up odds on it, than Sam Stoll is. It, this is a wide open weight. It's super weird that it, it's, you know, the last one. And of course, I'm the one that gets to pick first, which is also super fun. Well, it's funny because, you know, we've talked about before all the incoming freshmen, you know, Stevenson's kind of the first of this wave of guys that we're going to see. Heavyweight's going to be really deep over the next five, six, seven years. But this might just be a weird in-between year as we graduated a bunch of, you know, quality guys last year. And we haven't seen, I mean, got a few of those other guys that are in college now, but I think Stevenson's probably the only one that looks like likely to go as a true freshman. And then a couple of the a fair number of the other ones are still in high school. So this might just be a transition year for the 285 pound class. Yeah. And I should say this too, in terms of the Gable Stevenson ranking, we ranked him behind all the guys that qualified uh, last year. And I really thought when nationals were over last year, that it, when I saw him wrestle in Minnesota, that I would rank him above Tanner Hall. You know, that he'd tech Tanner Hall really easily. Um, but I, I talked to some guys, and they're like, look, this is your process. You, you know, you, unless guys have beat guys in collegiate style that you can justify it, you start them at the bottom. He will be a guy, though, as soon as he starts winning matches, that, you know, every bit that I can justify moving him up, I'm going to because, you know, I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, too. It's You just can't start down that freestyle road, unfortunately. You want to in a case like this when you, we all kind of know that Stevenson is a lot better than number 19 in the country right now, but, you know, his only matches last year in NCAA competition were at the Dactronics Open. None of the guys he beat there ended up making the national tournament, so that was, you know, that kind of hurt him. Um, and that's all we have to really go on. Now, if you start down the freestyle road, there's a lot of weird results that you have to factor in, and it gets complicated in a hurry. You just can't do it. Um, so I, I liked the number 19 ranking. It's, it is what it is from a resume standpoint. And, you know, I mean, it, for a long time, no one ranked true freshman at all, and I think that's still defensible. But since Stevenson wrestled in an NCAA tournament last year, 19 makes sense. Um, he'll earn his ranking. I don't think anyone has questions about that. So it'll just, it'll just take some time. Right. I think it's important, though. I guess maybe I care about it more than anybody else does, but I want the perception that I'm consistent, and so that was the logic behind it. Like you said, he did have a he did have a college tournament, so it felt like okay, well we can we can not we it's okay to rank him, and as opposed to just saying he's off the board, and that you know I mean that's what happened with Dave Fix last year where he beat Fawz and things like that, and then at the same time, like you said. Freestyle is a different beast, and you start. Here's the thing: if you start using those results, you'd literally just be digging through track wrestling data results forever just to make sure you didn't miss anything to get the rankings right. So, and then it's like, well, are we going to count Greco? And that's a whole other beast. So, um, that's that's the reasoning behind it. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think leaving him off the board might have been an easier move for you because people see him at number 19 and go, "What?" But you know, he's a true freshman. So it is what it is. It's preseason rankings and he'll earn his way up. It's not a prediction. We all, I don't think anyone would take that bet that Stevenson's going to end up in the round of 24. I don't, I don't think you'd get anybody to take that one. So, you know, I'm not scared. No, you're not <laughs> concerned. And that's good. I'm I'm really glad to be going into this year with my name, not on any rankings. So it's, that's a great feeling for me. I'm not going to get yelled at by any coaches this year. It's going to be great. <laughs> Did you get yelled at a lot when you were doing these? Not a lot, but, you know, you'd get the rare email. Hey, how can you rank this guy behind so-and-so? And then we'd talk, and some of them would, you know, sometimes they'd agree with my logic, sometimes they wouldn't. You know, you don't get really yelled at, but they, they question. They, they, you know, wonder why. Um, and, you know, I, I've mentioned 157 many times, and that one's probably the one I got questioned on the most last year, and it was just because 11 through 25 or 30 were all yeah, almost the same. So it was like well, and the, and the one through eight at 197 was a mess last year too. Yeah, same same concept. So you know, it is what it is. Like I like extrapolating from projections 
and I like looking at who might be the best, I don't really care for rankings because they'll settle it. I mean, you know, like Stevenson at 19, okay, it doesn't matter. He's going to get a chance. He's going to move up. He'll earn right. what he is. And then at the end of the year, if he wins all his matches at the Big Ten tournament and NCAAs, he'll be the national champion. And it won't matter where we ranked him in the first, you know, week of the season. So I, I can't get too bent out of shape. A lot of people love to debate it endlessly. And it's like, as long as you got a consistent, you know, way to do it and you follow that, it is what it is. So I'm good with it. I'm glad I'm not doing them anymore. <laughs> I, I just get to talk about it. So there you go. Well, I'm going to put my name on some picks here, heavyweight, and I am going to pick Gail Stevenson to win it. And I'm going to pick Tanner Hall second, Derek White third, Sam Stoll fourth, and then Thomas Haynes and Conan Jennings is my two wild cards. If you say to me, why did you pick these guys in this order? All I can really say is I think Stevenson's the best guy. Hall and White are the next two guys, I think, and good at getting the legs. I think Derek White kind of grew in a heavyweight, and I think another year there's going to really help him. And then I think, you know, Stoll's a guy that proved he can wrestle well on the back, and I think he will again. And Haynes and Jennings, I think Haynes is kind of due, and Jennings has had some big wins, and he's he's a big body, and he's a guy that can give people problems. But honestly, you said, well, what about these two guys? I think this is the one way it's very likely that I'll probably be the most wrong about. Well, I have an email from eight hours ago to myself with my picks. So this is not working off of yours, but I also am picking Gable Stevenson to win it. Um, and I think your rationale is spot on. He's, I think he's the best wrestler. Now, will he get beat at some point? Who knows? Of course, lots of people do. Um, but I think he's the best overall. So he's the pick. Um, I have Nick Nevels in the finals which is weird because he might not even be their starter depending on what happens with Anthony Kassar there. But Neville's, you know, he just, when he's right, when he's healthy, when he's wrestling well, he's as good as anybody. Um, and he really hasn't gotten through an entire year without being dinged up. I mean, obviously we know he missed almost all of two seasons with injuries and even last year it looked like he wasn't quite right. So I think he's going to find, he's due to finally get one. Uh, finally have a NCAA tournament that he puts his best foot forward. So I got him second. Uh, I got Stoll third and I got Tanner Hall fourth. Uh, I think we both think he's going to do a lot better this year. I'm not sure what happened at the end of last year, but uh, you know, he's got all the talent in the world um, and we've seen him on the, on the podium before. So definitely could. I also have Conan Jennings as a wild card. Um, you know, you mentioned his big wins. He had, if you look at his year last year, he was around a 12 guy all year long and then something happened in Cleveland and it just didn't work out. So he's much better than his finish. Um, and I expect that with the amount of people with the way this weight cleared out, he's going to be right there, probably wrestling in the round of 12 for a spot on the podium. Um, and if he gets a little bit better, he could be in the top six. So that's, that's an easy pick. The other one, I went a little, I say deeper, even though he's ranked one spot behind him, it seems like not a lot of people are talking about him. Not a lot of people know about him. Um, Corey Gilliland Daniel from North Carolina really turned a corner last year, got a lot of ranked wins, just a lot better than he had been doing, improved by leaps and bounds, got to the national tournament, had, had a rough national tournament, kind of like Conan Jennings did. Uh, but, you know, the guy on his trajectory – if he improves that much again, he's going to be really hard to handle because he had some big wins last year and just really kind of, you know, I'd never even heard of him coming into last year. And suddenly it was like every week when I'd look at who upset who there's Corey Daniel again, there's Corey Daniel again. Like it was amazing. So um, I've got him, you know, like you said, there's a lot of guys here that could, um, I think he's got a very good chance. He's good a chance as a lot of them. So. He's my other wild card. All right. Well, we will add this to the Google document, figure out how we're going to keep score on this, and then um, keep keep track as the year's going on. Um, one of the things that happened last night is I talked to Andy Hamilton, and I think everybody understands this, that the team picks are just a compilation of the individual picks, but this stuff got posted on track this morning, or yesterday morning, excuse me, 
So here's the top 10 team scores. Penn State, 114.5. Ohio State, 87. Iowa, 76.5. Oklahoma State, 73.5. Nebraska, 56.5. Michigan, 47.5. Missouri, 47. North Carolina State, 43. Arizona State, 42.5. Lehigh, 42. Cornell, 41.5. Rutgers, 36. I'm sorry, Virginia Tech, 36. Rutgers, 34.5. Northern Iowa, 32 and a half, and then it drops down to teams in the 20s. That's your top 14. So I know next week we're going to talk about over-unders, and obviously most of those numbers, if we set those, people would pick over because it doesn't include bonus points, but that's where people are going to have to look and see. Uh, I was interested. I actually thought Iowa was going to be second, and they ended up being third. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably good that – you know, I just had no idea because you're not supposed to really think about that when you're doing the individual rankings. Right. You know, it's, and it's always interesting because, you know, we've got, you know, we talked about a little bit this weight, how, you know, we've got three guys that are returning as an all American. So Sam still gets the same number of points as Jason Nolf or Spencer Lee, but I don't think anyone thinks Stoll is as big of a favorite as those two. It is, you know, it's the best way to do it because, it doesn't extrapolate, you know, it doesn't, there's no predictions. These are just straight rankings, but you know, you have to look at each number to decide. And we're going to do that with our over-unders. And, you know, you mentioned that doesn't factor in bonus points, but it also doesn't factor in a lot of the early season. I mean, Minnesota would be a lot higher if we ranked Stevenson one, but he hadn't earned it yet, unfortunately. So yeah, you got to take those. All right. Like Minnesota has 21 points. And I think if, Either one of us sent the over at 25 without looking at anything else. The other guy would just say over. Yeah. So. Yeah. It wouldn't even be close. I mean, you, you could put, yeah, you could put it at 30 or even, or higher than right. that. And I wouldn't even have to look. I would know. Right. That's something you wouldn't have to look. It'd be so obvious. So yeah. we're going to have to nerd out a little bit over the next week besides watching the world championships and, you know, put some, put some thought into this and, and figure some things out, but it's going to be interesting. I don't even know if we'll get into those over-unders next week. It'll just probably depend on how much time we talk about the world. But, I mean, that could just be a whole other episode before we get into the Division One season. Yeah, it looks like we've got two more weeks in October before we get actual college competition to talk about. So we'll probably end up doing the over-unders in two weeks because um, I can't imagine. I, I went through and did my uh, picks for the USA Wrestling Journalism you know, World Championship Picks Contest again. And it really got me excited for the world championships. It's every year. It's just amazing. You know, we've, we know all of the Americans that are going, there are just, just as many, you know, great wrestlers from Russia and Azerbaijan and Japan is bringing a great team, especially in women's freestyle. And it's just, there's so many amazing stories, amazing wrestlers. It's going to be a battle from the first round on. I, I just can't wait. So, you know, we we can wait on the over-unders. We've done a lot of college on this podcast. Uh, you know, next week we'll have a lot to talk about. That Of that, I have no doubt. <laughs> that's good. That gives me an extra week to try to figure out this stuff, so that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the rankings are – the first ones are on the board, and um, it'll be interesting to take a snapshot of this and just see how close they end up. One of the other things that strikes me here is Cornell – is 11th at 41 and a half and Michigan is sixth at 47 and a half. And that's, you know, literally like two guys in the round of 12 and one guy wins and the other guy loses. And also it's interesting, where would Cornell be if Darmstadt was ranked? And I think they would probably be right near Nebraska with 56 and a half. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Honus is not been as good as Darmstadt was last year, but it's not a, that big of a drop-off, I don't think. Um, and we'll see. It is in the rankings, though. Right. Well, that's what I mean. It's like Darmstadt would be, what, second or third, probably? Well, fourth, right? Uh, right. Fourth or fifth? Fifth. Because he wouldn't be ahead of Nickel, Con- Connell, or, or more. Or then he'd be right there, right? Or Nicholas, he beat Nicholas, though, right? Nicholas was eighth? Yeah, so he'd be fifth. He'd be fourth was yeah anyway um, yeah yeah but the, yeah. Yeah, 12 and a half points that put them right there well and that's exactly and that's exactly my point is you know it's from a ranking standpoint and especially when you're talking about you know fourth or fifth versus 
outside the round of 12, you know, that's a huge amount of points. Will it play out that way? Who knows? Uh, and we're about to find out. So that's, you know, we'll find out over the next six months or so. Uh, that's what makes this, you know, this sport so exciting. Somebody that's not even, that we're not even considering right now is going to do really well. It happens every year um, and we never see it coming. So it'll be interesting to see who that is and it can change everything um, as far as the team points go. So we'll see what happens. Um, but first, we'll crown some world champions, uh, which, you know, live on track wrestling, streaming every match. I can't wait. Um, you know, that's one of the nice things about, I don't know anyone that can track all eight mats simultaneously with NCAA, but you can almost watch every single match because there's only four of them at a time at the World Championships. You can literally watch everybody. Um, that's always fun. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. I talked to Andy yesterday, and he's already headed over there today, so safe travels to him, and he's going to do a great job. So um, definitely it'd be something worth you know, getting to watch as many of those matches as you can. I think people, we get, you know, I call it people rooting for the laundry. That's just, it, the worlds are just, it's a different beast, man. That's a different beast. And you, you gotta, you gotta check that out when you can and, and really become engrossed in it if you want to become a student of the game. Indeed. I mean, if you, if you like wrestling, it, you don't even have to know who these guys are. You'll learn because you'll hear people. Uh, start talking about it, you know, read USA Wrestling stuff. You read, obviously, Andy's stuff on the ground in Budapest. It's going to be great. Uh, but you just read that stuff. You get to know them real quick. You don't have to know anything about freestyle or who's good internationally. You figure it out real quick. You pick it up. Um, so check that out, and we will talk about it next week. David, you got anything else to talk about this week? Go USA, man. Hope they can do it. I think it's going to be tough. Russia's got two big favorites. USA's got a lot of hammers, so it'll be super interesting to see um, how the chips fall. Yeah, and I saw Russia. Russia's coach, one of them, was already talking trash about, you know, that's going to whoop Snyder. So we'll have that to look forward to as well. Ah, uh, uh, Russia, never change. Yeah. All right. Well, for this week, thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, we'll be back next week. The World Championship starts on Saturday. Check it out. Um, until then, Alex Steen signing off.